Let me ask you a, a very practical and, and honest question. When we, by faith, come to the altars for anointing and prayer, why is it that seems like more often than not our healing doesn't seem to come? I think we need to be honest with ourselves about that reality. We often walk away from an altar of prayer without the healing that we are desiring. So then does, what does that mean? One might even get to the point of saying, why go through all that effort when it seems God really doesn't want to heal me after all? Now those are some serious issues of the heart we as believers face if we come to an altar of prayer misunderstanding what God is up to when he chose, chooses not to remove that growth or heal that injury or deliver that body from the illness that is so debilitating. Welcome to Indigenous Faith with Craig and LaDonna Smith. For the next 30 minutes, we invite you to join Craig and LaDonna as they open God's Word and help indigenous followers of Jesus Christ learn how to live a biblically healthy life in the context of their culture and tribal traditions. Craig is a member of the White Earth Band of Ojibwe Indians from northern Minnesota and is an author, public speaker, and gospel singer. LaDonna is from the Navajo Nation from the American Southwest. She is also a gifted singer and writer and a deeply committed student of God's Word. Together, they have served Christ for over four decades in a ministry that has taken them to indigenous people all across North America and to a dozen countries around the world. Once again, thank you for joining us today for this week's edition of Indigenous Faith. And now, get ready to take a journey with Craig and LaDonna into God's Word to see what he has to say about living out an indigenous faith that helps us all live lives that please Him, and gives us power, for victorious Christian living. What I want to share with us today is, when we seek God for the needs of our physical bodies, whether He chooses to heal our bodies or not, He never leaves our prayer unanswered. He offers us either divine healing, or if not, he offers us, catch this, I and I believe this with all my heart, he offers us something that is of equal or even more amazing value than that. He offers us divine health. What's the difference? Well, in order to get our arms around this, again, we want, need to go back and revisit the doctrine of divine healing as a part of the atonement. The atonement is not just the death and burial of Christ. It also includes his unbelievable and mighty, powerful resurrection from the dead. Now, the work of God in our bodies rightfully includes the biblical truth about the atoning work of Christ that encompasses even his resurrection. Look at this with me, if you would. This, this passage of Scripture, I never quite fully understood it in its completeness until I have lived a season of suffering. In Romans 8, 11, if the Spirit of Him, catch this, if the Spirit, notice capital S, that's the Holy Spirit, right? That's the Holy, if the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Amen. Wow. 
Did you catch that? Christ's resurrection power includes life to our mortal bodies. Now, he could have said anything about what the resurrection of Christ from the dead gives us. I mean, it could have been all kinds of amazing, incredible, powerful, supernatural things. This is supernatural, but yet it is manifest in a body that does not receive divine healing. Why do I say that? Because, my friend, the dictionary describes the word mortal. Remember, he gives life to the mortal bodies by his resurrection. The dictionary describes mortal to mean subject to death. Subject to death. Catch this with me, please. The resurrection power of Christ now gives life to bodies that are increasingly moving towards death. What does that mean? That means as we age. <laughs> How many of you know as we age, you can't see as good as you used to when you were young. You can't hear as good as you used to when you were young. That's a good thing. You know, husband and wife have debate you know, and discussion and intense fellowship, as they say. You didn't hear that? Oh, I didn't hear that, dear. It's probably true if you're, if you're older, right? But the body wears out. The body is subject to things that increasingly move us closer toward death. He gives life to your mortal bodies, to lives that are subject to death. That is an important part of the atonement. It is not just divine healing where he removes the illness from us. No, he gives us something for those who suffer. And suffer is the is the catchphrase around here right now in our congregation. Church, can I encourage us this morning that there is power available to you as you suffer the debilitating things that are moving you ever more so closely towards death. It doesn't all get removed. If, if, if divine healing happened at every single moment, then this truth would not be necessary. But a part of divine healing Healing and a part of the atonement, yes, is divine healing. But also, my friend, do you see that the atonement includes life for the sufferer? Whether more life-threatening diseases, trauma, and illnesses come our way, as we grow older, or like somebody like Johnny Erickson Tata, what an incredible testimony she has had over the years, Right? Suffer, she suffered life-altering trauma early on in life and has lived all the way through. She is a perfect example of life to the mortal, the resurrection power of Christ at work in the life of Johnny Erickson Tata. I'll never forget our general counsel a few years ago was in Long Beach, California, and Johnny was one of the speakers. It was a privilege. I, me in a wheelchair, to, I was asked to come up and pray for Johnny in one of the events there as she was speaking. And, and here are these two wheelchair folk up there. And, and uh, what a privilege to pray for that dear sister in Christ. And, and uh, we, we had a, a great little connection there, that, you know, two wheelchair-bound believers. <laughs> I'll never forget what she said after one of the messages. She got done, she said, as she was winding it up, she says, I know this isn't theologically probably correct, but here's what I'd really like to do. I would like when the Lord comes for me, whether it be through death's door and I'm resurrected on that last day or he comes for me in the rapture, I would like to bring my wheelchair with me. Well, Johnny, why do you want a wheelchair in heaven? 
She says, because when I get to heaven and I come before the Lord, I want to just present it to him and wait to hear him say, wheelchair, go to hell. <laughs> because you are now, man, I never thought that would come out of Johnny Erickson Tata's mouth, but there it was. But think of it. Is that not just as powerful a witness to the grace and power of the indwelling Christ for somebody who's able to sustain a life and a heart of joy and peace in the midst of their suffering? Divine health is really tied to our trust in the Lord, my friend. Do you trust him? Some of you have heard my story about when one of the mentors that I have great respect for, Brother Tom Claus, sat by my bedside and offered me the following passages from Psalms to ponder and pray through. Tom shared with me Psalm 57, verses 1 and 2. I'd remind you what it says. Tom read this right into my heart and soul. He said, have mercy on me, my God, have mercy on me, for in you I take refuge. I take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Wow, David was in the disaster, right? He was being hunted down like a wild trophy animal by even his family members. They wanted him dead. Can you imagine running and hiding in the caves and, and, and being pursued? David said this about his Lord. He said, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy. I take refuge. And notice, I will take refuge where? In the shadow of your wings. He trusted God enough to snuggle up to the Lord himself under the shadow of his protecting wings until the disaster passed. We always pray that God will deliver us from the disasters. As you head out on a trip, don't you bow your head in prayer like we did the day of our accident? On August, I mean on uh, uh, June, June 9th, 2009, Lord, would you protect us? We prayed that that morning. A number of hours later, we're in a ditch between the north and southbound lanes of Interstate 25, 30 miles north of Santa Fe, New Mexico, out in the middle of nowhere. And that journey brought me not only to death's door, but through death's door and back. I used to be an Indian. I've shared this before. I used to be Indian, but I guess I'm not anymore. I bled out. <laughs> I don't know who gave me their blood, but all I know is I have a great desire for pizza and pierogies. <laughs> so you figure that out. I don't know what that means, but anyway. I suppose I have to disenroll from White Earth Band of Ojibwe now because I don't have any more Indian blood in me. But as I pondered that passage... The question that came to me is, Craig, you don't understand God's ways sometimes, but do you love him enough to trust him? And I, I saw that I was facing a decision in my life. Do I trust God? Do I trust the very one who could have prevented it? I mean, he could have prevented the disaster from happening. Do I love him enough to trust him when the disasters come and he chooses not to remove the disaster from our lives? And what really blessed me was not only verse 1, but look at that last sentence of this passage. Verse 2, they're velcroed together. He said, I cried out to God, most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. 
Wow. Did you catch that? Suffering is used by God to fulfill his purpose for us. You ever looked at your suffering in that way? Oftentimes we think of suffering as taking us away or disabling us from being able to do what we believe God would want us to do if we had a healthy body. But listen, he manifests himself in a powerful way through the brokenness of illness, disease. When he manifests his grace and power through a life that is willing to snuggle up to him and trust him. Can I ask this this morning? Are we willing to do that, my friend? Do you love him enough to trust him? But divine health is not only connected to our trust in God, divine health actually identifies for us the work of God, the work of God. What does divine health offer us, my friend? Well, first of all, it offers us the peace that passes all understanding. In John chapter 14 and verse 27, it says this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I don't give it to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give you. Not as the world gives. There's a worldly kind of peace that is subject to our emotions, that is subject to how we feel. And if we don't feel good about it today, there's no peace. But underneath the suffering pain of ongoing illness and disease, the Spirit of God is, is willing to manifest him, Himself to us to a point that we live in amazing sense of otherworldly kind of peace. It is a supernatural peace that only God can give to His covenant people. Philippians 4 and verse 7 says, And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. It offers us biblical truth that tells us this, my friend, you and I will not die one day sooner than what God has already ordained for us. Psalm 136, 139.16 tells us, Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. If the Word of God is authoritative in our life, we look at this verse, and then it, it, it enables us to live in peace, even though there is life-threatening challenges we face. There is a peace, there is a sense of, of letting go. Another HIPAA non-violation is the one that's going for a procedure uh, in, in, in just a few days. The procedure will happen, in fact, Today, LaDonna and I and Nijoni were leaving for, for Fargo where in just two days the doctors are going to be implanting something in my heart, a device in my I don't understand how that works. <laughs> All I know is something is going to invade my heart. Is there fear of what's going to happen? When Psalm 139 is guiding your life, you don't have to live in fear. You live in peace and and you, you, you surrender to the sovereignty of God in your life. That's what he offers. If we walk away from an altar prayer, what if he gives us his divine healing? Wonderful. But you know what I think? When there were those yelling, crucify, crucify, I wonder how many of them were the ones that experienced the divine touch of Christ within the last couple years. 
I wouldn't be surprised there would be some that were in that crowd because something great happened. It was a flash in the pan moment. But then life comes back and you face the challenges and the difficulties. But let me tell you, there's something about the powerful, sustaining work of God in the life of the sufferer that is powerful. It's because his word is authoritative to the believer. His word gives us a framework on how we should live. But it also offers us opportunity for an ongoing testimony of the goodness and grace of God in our lives, which can be and more often is a more powerful testimony than had he provided that divine healing. I've come to realize this, my friend. I've learned that you can live in divine health in a very broken body. Why? It's all because of the indwelling Christ that makes a difference. Romans 8.10 tells us, but if Christ is in you, and my friend, is Christ in you? Yes. If you've come to faith in Christ, Christ literally indwells. He is omnipresent. He can be in glory sitting on the right hand of God the Father and through His Spirit coming into our life and filling us, the Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead, giving life to your mortal body. And right this day as we're sitting here, if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of... Remember what mortal means? Subject to death. The Spirit gives life because of righteousness. This doesn't always end up being the case, but can I remind us also this morning that suffering can be an accelerant to the deeper life in Christ. Suffering will either drive you away from God or it will take you deeper in God. It will take you deeper in the Lord. After months of suffering, I love what Job finally says to God as recorded in Job 42. Now that's toward the end of the, end of the book of Job, right? I mean, he's gone through it all. And here's what he says. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. What, through the great times? No, through the suffering, through the losing of everything, through the agonizing pain that he went through physically, through the loss of family, through all of that. He said, I've heard about you, Lord, but now I see you. There is an, it accelerated him to go deeper in God than he could ever have dreamt he could go. And, as we know at the end of the book of Job, the Lord restored to Job even more than what he'd lost in this life. Let me tell you something. When Christ is not only your healer, but he is your health, you have so much more of in this life than you'd ever have apart from it. I'm not talking about money in the bank, and I'm not talking... He could be blessing you abundantly that way, uh, uh, financially or whatever, as you go through suffering and find out He is your health. But there is that inner sense of, boy, everything is so good, even though everything is so bad. It's quite a dichotomy, but yet it is a reality. My ears have heard of you, Lord, but now my eyes have seen you. Job had been a godly and upright man, pleasing to God, but the difference between what he knew of God in his prosperity and what he knew of him through his adversity 
was the difference between hearing and seeing. 1 Peter 4 reminds us, So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Suffering according to God's will. Doesn't that sound contradictory? But it's biblical. That's in the word of God, and the word of God is authoritative to me, so I embrace the reality that at times suffering will be a part of God's will in my life. Over a century ago, and we heard about it already, the founder of the Alliance, A.B. Simpson, wrote the compelling hymn that we just sang. We've been, Alliance folk have been singing it since the day it was penned. I don't know if anyone beyond the Alliance would sing these, Ken, Ken, because like you said, Simpson wasn't, he was a great lyricist, but his music putting the, you know, people are, struggle with the, his song style, you know, the, the tune and the, the beat and so on. Well, listen, this is powerful, isn't it? The words of that first verse epitomize the whole issue of experiencing divine health. Look at what it said. Again, we just sang this. We just, I'm going to reiterate it here. It says this, once it was the blessing. Now it's the Lord. Once it was a feeling. Now it's his word. Once his gifts I wanted. Now the giver only catch this last line. Once I sought for healing. Now himself alone. So, my brothers and sisters in Christ, can we remember t today that when the Lord chooses not to give us divine healing and never stop coming to the altar of prayer for healing, people ask me, Craig, can I pray for healing for you? I said, I will never turn down anyone who wants to pray for me. Please do. I welcome whatever levels of healing God is going to allow me to. Some guys have said, well, he can wake up those those sleeping muscles. I said, absolutely. But in my case, he's going to have to recreate <laughs> some of those sleeping muscles because I don't even have them. I got a shark bite on my backside over here that took a whole chunk out of me. I have no muscles to stand with. <laughs> so the Lord not only is going to have to bring life to me, I mean, uh, uh, wake him up, he's going to have to make him first. Now he can do that. But brothers and sisters, remember when the Lord chooses not to give us divine healing, he offers us something of equal or perhaps even greater value. He offers us divine health. In other words, he is literally offering himself. Himself. It's a, in a much deeper way than we could ever imagine. Could I leave this with us today? All I can say is, Please, don't miss the healer as you're seeking your healing. Don't miss the healer as you're seeking the healer. You could look right past the healer and miss him as you're pursuing divine healing. He offers us both. And both are included in the atoning work of the sacrificial work of Christ on the cross. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come to this point in our service, we're grateful for the full measure of what you provide for us. 
Lord, when we have a physical need and we obey what James 5 says and we call for the elders to pray, that's the right thing to do. And we trust by faith that you are able and willing and desiring to do that in accordance with your will. But there are times, Lord, when you choose not to provide us divine healing. But we should never go away from an altar of prayer with the symptom still present, with the pain still there, thinking God has not answered prayer. Yes, he has. But sometimes you don't realize that when he chooses not to heal, he offers us health, divine health. He offers us himself. Lord, there is such a powerful testimony that comes when you manifest all that you have for the sufferer. The spirit that raised up Christ from the dead will give life to our mortal bodies, our bodies that are, are subject to death, that are heading toward death's door. You give life to that ever more pain-filled body through your powerful resurrection. May we not miss that part of the full measure of the atoning work of Christ. We ask you to minister to us in that way. For your glory and honor in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining Craig and LaDonna Smith and the Indigenous Faith Podcast. We trust today's episode has been an encouragement to you and helpful to you as you grow in faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. You can subscribe to this weekly broadcast and receive notifications when the next episodes are available. Simply follow the prompts on the tribalrescue.com website or the podcast platform you're using to sign up today. Don't forget to visit the Smiths website, tribalrescue.com, to learn more about the Smiths and Tribal Rescue Ministries. Be sure to visit their online store, where you can find more indigenous faith resources, including Craig's six-part DVD video series, and his six-part audio CD version of the same teaching. Also, Craig takes you deeper into the scriptures in his recently released Indigenous Faith paperback book, which will help you learn the secrets to a strong indigenous faith. All these resources, and other great books authored by Craig and LaDonna, can be accessed at their online store when you visit tribalrescue.com. The Smiths are dependent on the financial support of those who are benefiting from their teaching, preaching, and music ministry. Craig and LaDonna would like to ask you to consider supporting this ministry through your online giving, which you can easily and safely do on the tribalrescue.com website as well. You can also make your gift recurring if you so desire. If you'd like to support Craig and LaDonna, it will help them keep this podcast on the air, help them produce more books and resources, and enable them to continue sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ among people groups around the world. We'll see you next week, dear friends, on another edition of the Indigenous Faith Podcast. Until then, may the Lord richly bless you as you live out your own God-honoring, and biblically-based, Indigenous faith.